to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. I'm talking about the anointing and also the anointing that you possess in the kingdom of God. The main reason why Jesus actually came was to make you righteous so that you could once again have the spirit of God living on the inside of you and be led and guided by the spirit of God who's on the inside of you. He's the one that makes the changes in your life. He's the one that should be leading you. He's the one that should be guiding you. You need to be aware of him on the inside of you if you're going to live a kingdom life. Say a kingdom life. Uh, since, since I've been saved and been in the ministry, there's, a, there's a people who are not born again. There are people who are born again they call Christians, and there are people who are born again they call kingdom citizens. And there is a difference between the way people live between just being a Christian and being a kingdom citizen because most people don't understand the kingdom of God whatsoever, that it's a government, it's by God, and God has rules, laws, and regulations just like any government does. And just because you're a Christian means you should be a kingdom citizen, which means you should obey the laws of the government that you're under, which is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has a constitution. How many of you know that? And what is the constitution? It's the word of God, isn't it? All right, go to Philippians chapter 3. Look at verse 13. Paul speaking, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Praise God. Now that's a lot like, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So notice here it tells that everybody in the body of Christ has a high calling. Say high calling. Now I'm not talking about being a pastor. I'm not talking about being a prophet. I'm not talking about that kind of calling. I'm talking about every single person who's born of the kingdom of God has something called a high calling. What is that high calling? That high calling basically is the same for everybody. It is Christ's likeness. It is to be like Christ, to live like Christ, to, to work like Christ. It's not a struggle. You know, religion has taught us to struggle and fight to change our conduct and do all this stuff. But you don't get there by struggling. You get there by faith. Amen. In the kingdom, you grow from faith to faith and one level of glory to another level of glory. You don't do it by your performance or your conduct or you're trying to do something. So we've got the high calling that's for every single person. Say, I have a high calling. So we want to grow up and mature into the image and likeness of Christ Jesus because God potential is already in you. Say, God potential is already on the inside of me. It is waiting to appear through me into the natural realm. So God potential is already on the inside of us. The Spirit of God's in there. The nature of God's already on the inside of us. And our high calling, once you get born again, is to grow into this. It's not to go to heaven, period, like everybody teaches. It's to grow up in the things of God and mature to a place where you become effective in the work of God. How many of you want to be effective in the work of God? So Paul says, here's the way you do it. Number one, you have to forget those things that are behind. Now, if you're going to forget, what part of your body are you going to forget with? Your mind, aren't you? You're going to have to use your mind, and it's an it's a act of your will. I will forget those things that are behind. Now, why do you want to forget? 
because you will never get to your high calling as long as you remember the things of the past. How many of you know you can't change your past? How many know you can control your future? So your future is much more important than what happened to you in the past. So you cannot allow yourself to get stuck in the past because it stops your growth from going forward into Christ's likeness. You know, somebody hurt me back in 1995. Get over it. Come on, you've got to get over that. And I don't mean just say you did, do it. Get over it. If you've got to pray for that person for seven straight days to get yourself cleansed out, then you do it and you get it over with. Well, I backslid back in 2009. That was 2009. This is 221. You can do something different now. Come on. And not only that, you can't even do the good things. I mean, I was in revival in 2001. Well, good for you, but it's 2021 now. See, we're always looking at the things in the past. We're always going back to those things. Paul says you need to forget those things that are behind and move towards the things of the kingdom of God. So what's he talking about? Once I got born again and born in the kingdom of God, immediately I had to come into a place where I started changing the way I thought and the way I operated because now I was in a spiritual kingdom called the kingdom of God. I was no longer in the other kingdom, which is the kingdom of darkness. So I had to start dealing differently with the two. Uh, I'm still trying to play basketball several days a week. I play in Vero Beach. I play in Stewart. When I got on to play in Stewart, basically they play two points for a three-pointer and one point for a regular pointer, and they go to 21. And they also say if you travel, because everybody calls traveling, you keep the ball, so they quit calling traveling. When I go up to Vero Beach, a three-pointer is three points, and a, a two-pointer is two points, and we play to 21 rather than playing to 15. If I travel up here, I lose the ball. If I don't travel down here, I keep the ball. How many know you can get the two kingdoms mixed up? Yeah. So you were taken out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light, and everything changes from the two kingdoms. You cannot live by three-pointers here if it's not three-pointers here. I can't get to 15 here and rejoice when the game goes to 21. Why is that? Because it's different in the two kingdoms. It's the same way with the kingdom of darkness. And I believe there's a, a wrong way to think before you're born again. There's a Christian way to think, and then there's a kingdom way to think. Let me give you an example. We, we went to Da Vinci's here a couple weeks ago, and I had one of those gift cards that they have, and basically it was $50. I bought a pizza, and it was $30, so there's $30 left on the card. So me and Becky went, we ate there, and I think our bill came out to somewhere around $20. So I thought, you know, I would have $10 left. So she wrote on the gift card, she gave it back, and instead of $10 left, I had $20 left. And I thought, dear Lord, that's pretty good. So my natural mind in the old kingdom would have said, see you later, alligator. I'm getting out of here right now. Uh, and if I was a Christian, I'd say, praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I've been praying for money, and you brought it in. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But kingdom said, that's their money. So I took it back to the waitress. I said, hey, you made a bad mistake on my gift card. She said, oh, I'm sorry if I overcharged you. I said, no, you, you got more money. She said, what? She looked at it, and the, the zero looked like an eight. So she thought it was 38 left rather than 30 left. So she gave me eight more dollars. So she looked at it and said, oh my gosh, that's right. She took it up to the cashier and the cashier went and she had to explain it to her because nobody does this. You understand? Cashier had to explain it to her about 20 minutes about what happened here. And she said, well, nobody's ever done that before. I've never seen anybody bring it back. They just would have took it and took the money and took it. Why is that? Because we think differently. Amen. See, we think differently in other people. That was no big deal. It's, I didn't have to pray for five minutes to determine whether I was going to keep the money or not. Give me a sign, Lord. Burn that pizza in the oven. If that burns, I'm going to go. And if it don't, no, I knew, I knew what was right because my thought life had been changed to a kingdom thinker rather than a Christian thinker and rather than a loser thinking. Amen. The Bible says basically when you get born again, one thing you're going to have to do in order to grow in the kingdom of God is become like a little child. Yes. What does that mean? You don't know nothing. Uh -huh. 
Paul, when he got born again, said this, everything I learned up to this point is dung. You've got to come out of the dung. See, if you're going to really operate in the kingdom of God, and you really want to operate in the kingdom of God. So there's things that must change in your life. I mean, a little kid is selfish. It sees something mine. I think that's the first word they learn other than, yeah, no, mine, 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 mine. And you've got to teach them that you need to be giving. And when we got in the kingdom of God, all at once it wasn't dog eat dog. I'm going to get all the money I can. All at once it became a giving thing, didn't it? Things started to change in your life. Now at once you had to be a giver rather than a getter all the time. And here's something good. When little kids first start crawling around and picking up stuff, everything they get goes in their mouth. You have to teach them, listen, what not to put in their mouth and what to put in their mouth. See, one of the things you're going to have to learn is what you put in your mouth and what you don't put in your mouth. And you do that in the kingdom of God by God changing the way that you think. He uses the word of God in order to do that. So you have to forget about your past. Say, I have to forget about my past. Your past will keep you from progressing into the kingdom of God and into the high calling that God has given for you. I'll tell you right now, there's a higher call than where you're at right now. There's a deeper realm than where you're at right now. There's a greater walk and more agreement with God than you're walking in right now. And even though it may be good, praise God, it's going to get gooder. If it's bad, it's going to get better, praise God. Don't worry about it. You're going to a new level with him. And how many know it's a growth thing? It just doesn't happen. See, when I got born again, and before I was born again, I was sick all the time. I had tonsils that were supposed to come out. I didn't want them to come out. They were in there. I got sore throat all the time, tonsillitis, blah, blah, blah. So what did I do? I called the doctor, went to the doctor. He gave me a little love right around this area here. I remember it well. And he gave me a shot. Back then, penicillin was a cure for everything. You sneezed, you got penicillin. Hurt your foot, you got penicillin. From the wrong side of the tracks, you got penicillin. Well, I'd go, I'd get a shot, and that would take care of it. But after I got born again and became a Christian, then all at once when I started feeling sick, I would beg and plead with God to heal me. Because that's what we do. Lord, heal me. Lord, you've got to heal me. But then I got into kingdom thinking where I'm already healed. There's a difference between going to the natural, hoping to get something, and having something. And the kingdom has everything. He's already provided for you everything that you ever need. So I'm going to get into kingdom thinking, and when sickness and disease attacks me, I'm no longer thinking, here comes penicillin. I'm no longer thinking, well, I hope God heals me. I'm thinking, get out of my life. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm a kingdom citizen, and I walk in my divine rights, praise God, and you've got no legal right. Come on now. What is it? It's a different way of thinking. is isn't all the way around. So what God's saying here is to, in order to, for that to happen, you have to forget those things which are behind. Now look at verse 13. And you have to reach forth unto those things which are before and press toward the mark of the high call. Say press. 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 So what, what's before you? What's before you right now is greater health than you've got right now. Greater wealth than what you've got right now. More power than what you're walking in now. More revelation of God's kingdom. More peace. More joy unspeakable and full of glory. More of a victorious life. These are the things that we press toward the mark of. So you have to forget and you have to press. Say, I need to forget. I need to forget. And I need to press. I need to press. And here's the thing. If you don't forget, you'll never press. You'll be too busy, your mind going back to all these other things that happen in your life, all these bad things, this old way of thinking. When you see the Word of God, you've got to make a determination that God's smarter than you are, number one. That what He says is going to work even though it doesn't make any sense to you at all. How many know we don't walk by sense? 
We walk by faith, don't we? Well, what is faith? I'm going to believe God's word and what he says. If I'm healed, then that's where I'm going. If he says I'm blessed, that's where I'm going. If he says I'm prosperous, that's where I want to go with my mindset and my thought life has to get there. Spiritually wise, basically, you're already born again. You're already in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, but your mind did not catch up with what took place the day you got born again. So basically, we're, we're getting our thought life to line up with God's thought life so that our ways become his ways. So we need to press toward the mark. Now notice verse 15. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Look at it again. Let us as many. Say as many. many. Say as many. many. So this tells you not everybody's going to get there. Only as many are going to get there. And who are the as many? Those who forget those things that are behind and press toward the mark of the high calling, who will let God reveal and change the way that you operate and think into the ways of the kingdom of God. Now, the biggest question is, will you? So you have to make a determination. Every time I go to the Bible, I'm looking for change in my life. Not looking to change, to change my wife, change my kids, change my friends. I'm looking where I need to adjust my thought life. Sometimes it's just a tweak, say a tweak. It's not a big change, it's just a little tweak that you've got in there that where God's taking you a little bit further to think like him so that you can basically act like he does, praise God. So I made a decision a long time ago, as soon as I got in the ministry, that I was never going to stop, I was going to keep going. You know, there used to be a song, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Now listen, though none go with me, I don't care. I will follow. Though everybody leaves me, I don't care. I will follow. Though the church gets down to one person, I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. See, because I'm accountable for my life. See, and I want to go as far as I can because the further I go, the further ability I've got to help other people, basically, who need help in this kind of stuff, praise God. So I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to keep pressing. It doesn't matter. And and I told somebody the other day, I can't remember who it was, you know, as you get older, say older. Older. I mean, everybody does. It's it's good confession. I will never get older, but it's not going to work. You might as well just forget it. You could even say in Jesus' name, it's still not going to work. It won't make any difference there anyway. Because it happens. And, And I said, as my physical abilities slowly decline, don't quite play like I used, don't quite shoot like I used, don't quite guard like I used, don't quite do anything physical as I used to. Spiritually, though, you don't have to decline. You can keep growing and going further and further, and even though your outward body is maybe getting old and falling apart in some places, pray God doesn't matter because you're going in the Spirit, and you can still grow forward, you can grow in things of the Spirit, praise God. So notice, what is all this about? To make a decision to do this, go back to verse 10, here's the goal. We do all this that I may know him, not about him. I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. So why am I growing to the high call? Because I'm going to get to a place where I know him. If you look that up, it says that I may know him or become more deeply, intimately acquainted with him. I want to become more deeply acquainted intimately with him. And notice what else I'll I'll find out about the power of his resurrection. Say the power of his resurrection. Now, who is the power of his resurrection? The Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is the power of the resurrection. Where's the Holy Spirit today? 
it's on the inside of you. So the more I get to know him intimately, the more I get to grow with him, the more I think like him, the more I respond like him, the more I act like him, basically the more the resurrection power on the inside of me will flow out of the inside of me, and I'll know the resurrection power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right, go to Isaiah 55. After we get done today, you just need to pan yourself and find out where you need to forget some things. Amen. It'll help you quite a bit to move forward. Some people have been stuck in the same rut for years and years and years. We used to do nursing home ministry when the kids were small, and we go to a nursing home every Friday night, and they love to see the kids, and we'd try to sing songs and do whatever we did. Of course, they don't care. They're just glad somebody's there to see them. We used to go there, and some of the people that we talked to and sit down and visit with, you know, would be, and I'd talk to them, you know, about Jesus and how wonderful he is. And, yeah, he's wonderful, but I'll tell you what, I, I am so mad, and I've been mad, and I, I just can't stand that this person did this to me, and they did it to me. And you'll say, my gosh, you know, when did they do that? How recently? And they say, when I was 12. I'm saying, my God, you're 88. Come on. You've been putting up with this for 76 years? No wonder why you're... And how many know that bitterness grows into a seed on the inside? There's those people in there you're trying to witness to them, and they got all the stuff bagging on them for years and years, and they can tell you the date, the time, exactly what that person said, what the weather was, where they were located, and that kind of stuff you can't hang on to if you want to be a kingdom citizen. Now, if you want to be an ordinary Christian, more power to it. You just hate everybody you want to hate and try to love a few and, and walk by some and do by some and act like a, you know, you can do that. You can still be a Christian and do that because once you're born again, you're a Christian. But Christian has nothing to do with a label to begin with. We've made it a label. Christian is a way of life and a conduct that, that remedies and acts like Jesus Christ. That's why it's called Christianity. But everybody gets born again just thinks they're a Christian as long as they attend church once or twice a week. Well, we're not here for that. We're here to grow people up into a place where they're walking in the things of God with the character of God so that when people run into you, praise God, they know that there's something different about you. I mean, you know, everybody at Da Vinci's that night knew there was something different about this guy because he didn't rip us off for $9. Amen. That's right. See, and that's how we live. That's how we do things. We don't talk like other people. When we get around our friends just because they're hollering, screaming, cussing, angry, we don't, we don't join in. We just keep our peace, our joy, let them fight it out, and then give your little humble opinion if they want it and walk away. And if they're cussing you out, you don't cuss them back. We don't do that. And as a Christian, you can do that. You can be a good Christian and cuss the person out after they cuss you out. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. And I've got my opinions. No, it's not that way. It's kingdom mentality. It's thinking and acting like a God mentality. And I'll tell you what the thing is. You're already righteous, but until you learn to walk in that righteousness, you're not going to access the gifts of the kingdom of God. That's what accesses. See, the Bible says you are a king and you are also a... You became a king when you got born in the kingdom of God and you were given authority, but your priesthood depends on your obedience to the king in the kingdom. So there's a lot of Christians out there sleeping around, doing everything that the world's doing, everything else, and wonder why they're not getting blessed. You're not getting blessed because you cut off your access to the kingdom of God because you're not fulfilling your priesthood along with your kingship. Hallelujah. We're getting pretty deep this morning. I didn't want to go here this morning. So you can't do that. You can't live like you can't blame God for that kind of stuff. I mean, once again, there's laws in every kingdom. There's laws in the United States. You break the laws, you're going to prison. You're going to jail. Are you still a citizen if you go to jail? Yeah. But do you have any rights? No. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. So you're born in the kingdom of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. But if you don't want to line up with the obedience and the way he thinks and the way he does things, then you're going to be in the kingdom, but you're going to live bound anyway in jail. And you can tell everybody, I belong to the kingdom of God. Well, no, you don't, not unless you align up to the king himself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Isaiah 55. Preaching four sermons in one morning. 
All right, Isaiah 55, look at verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will pardon abundantly. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts from your thoughts. Now, how many of you think heaven's a lot higher than the earth? It's a long way off, isn't it? So that's telling you the day you got born again, your thoughts were really far off from God's thoughts. The way you had been doing things were really different than what you're going to be doing things in the kingdom of God through the word of God. And basically, when I was in religion, what I was taught was to change my conduct. Come on, you got to do better. You got to stop sinning. You got to try harder. You got to stop cussing. You got to stop drinking. You got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing all this. That's what you got to do. But notice the reason that your ways aren't his ways are not because you can't curb your ways. The reason your ways aren't his ways is because your thoughts aren't his thoughts. So if I'm going to change my ways and the way I act, I'm going to have to change my thoughts in order to change my Ways. See, religion told me for years, you just praise God, you, you change, change the way your conduct is right now so you can be like Jesus. But the kingdom taught me to change my thoughts because I am like Jesus. Amen. Two different things. One is trying to become something that God has already provided for you and you are. And the other is simply learning to think like and believe like who you really are. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well, God does different, doesn't he? He says, let the weak say I am. Well, that sure don't make any sense, does it? Let the poor say, I am. Don't make any sense at all. When I was in the world, if I was poor, I was poor. If I was weak, I was weak. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What's he doing? He's completely adjusting, you know, failure over here, victor over here. Unworthy and loser over here, righteous and holy over here. And your mind will be locked in on one or in the other. One's a godly mindset that allows you to walk in your rights and the kingdom of God. I mean, that's where your boldness comes from when you go to God in prayer. You don't go to him begging. You don't go to him pleading. You go to him backing up his word to him. Hey, this is what you said. You said, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed, praise God, and that's it. I got walking and healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I boldly walk in there, and he's going, yeah, that's right. That's right. Bring it before me. Bring your evidence before me. Do it. It blessed me so much to see the little girl. What is her name, Zuri? Or? Zuri, when she comes into church, everybody comes into church, Zuri comes in like this. <laughs> Way ahead of her mom and dad. They ain't even, she walking in here, bless God. I thought, dear Lord, I see demons running from that little girl who's walking in here this morning. Comes in with her chest out. Boy, she's ready to go, praise God. That's the way we need to be. Come I mean, on, you're not an unworthy failure sinner that can't do nothing. You're not somebody who's not important to God. Of course you're important to God. So what do we need to do? We need to change our thoughts, basically, so that we change our ways. The more you change your thoughts, the more you will change your ways. As a man thinks in his heart, so is what? So is he. So we have to start to think. Now, what makes the difference? Look at verse 11. I right, go back to verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where it is sent. So he's talking about how's this change going to take place? It's going to take change through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Say the Word of God. 
Say it again, the Word of God. And this is why it's good to have fellowship with people. It is good to listen to some Christian music, but it's the Word of God that makes the difference in your thought life. Most music will deal somewhat with the spirit, but with the emotions and feelings at the same time. But the Word doesn't mess around. The Word is spirit. Jesus said, my words, they're spirit and they're life, praise God, and they go right into your spirit. And what happened when you got born again? That Word of God hit you, produced, and you became a new creation. Now you've got to get that Word in there, into your soul, and if you plant it in there, listen, it will produce if you put it in. It will produce. If you don't put it in, it will not produce. So what are we going to do? You've got to put the Word of God in. That is the key to your change and transformation. Everything else is fine. You know, praise and worship's good, but the Word of God is what changes the way that you think and lines you up. Because how many know on this book right here, this is God's thoughts. Yes, it is. This is God's desire. This is God's will. If people say, I don't know what God wants to do, read the book. My God, he wrote it down for us to tell us. He doesn't move in mysterious ways. He moves in Bible ways. See, and everybody just wants to write it off. I don't ever read the book, so praise God, I don't care. Well, it don't work that way. The more you read this, the more you study it. And it's not that Jesus didn't emphasize how to live in the kingdom of God. Every time he started a sermon, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of God is like. I mean, he might be trying to tell us and get over us, but that's got to be the first thing. That's why it says you've got to seek ye first. First, the kingdom of God. You can't have anything else. And there's another transformation we're going to be talking about is because until you got born again, you were seeking things first. Money first, a nice house first, a nice car first, this first. Well, he never said seek ye these things first. He said seek you the kingdom of God first. And then all these things, see what did he do? He completely shifted your thinking, didn't it? All at once, well, the kingdom of, well, I just thought being religious and going to church every now and then was enough for anybody. And I'm just going to work 14 hours a day and make a little money. It doesn't work that way. See, once you obey God, you open up the windows of heaven into your life for not only the, the physical things, but for peace, joy. See, these are things we need. There's joy for you unspeakable and full of glory. And it's not because everything is going right. We sing that, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, no matter what comes my way. See, now we, don't, we, we know the first part, but when something comes your way, all at once turns into complaining, grumbling, and moaning. Why is that? Because that's the way we did it for years. I did it for 30 years. I didn't get what I wanted. It didn't work out. I complained. I moaned. I got mad at God, mad at the person at the end of it. But now I'm in a new kingdom. And even though things aren't going my way, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in him because that's the way we do it, the kingdom of God. We don't want to. We don't feel like it. But that's what he tells us to do, so that's the way that we do it. What are we doing? Changing the way we think. We're adjusting the situation. Somebody screams at you, a slow answer turns away wrath, not a screaming back. I mean, know what a screaming back does? You want to escalate it? Try it. They yell at you, you yell, and I'll guarantee you they will yell louder than you ever loud before in your life, praise God. Why is that? Because that's the way the world options. That's the way they do things. That's the way it options. But we are changing the way that we think. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 4. All right, Proverbs chapter 4, look at verse 20. 
My son or my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I notice this is the same thing he's telling you, seek first the kingdom of God. If you're going to seek the kingdom of God, how many of you know you need to seek the word of God first? So here he says what you need to do. Number one, you need to attend to, you need to listen to, not let depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of their heart. They are life at those that find them, and health to what? How much of their flesh? Now, if we're all doing this, and we're all living in the kingdom, then we shouldn't have a whole lot of healing needed in the church. Either that or God lies. See, if we're doing this, if this is what we're doing, if the word of God has become number one to us and it is the most important thing and it is it in the kingdom of God and we're seeking it, he promises here basically that it will be health to how much of your flesh? So there's no excuses there, are there? It's health to all our flesh. You want to live in divine health? Then you've got to put the word of God in there. You've got to understand how important the word is. You've got to think different. You've got to, because everybody, and that's the deal, you never know where anybody's at spiritually because you can't read their mind. The sickness hits your body. You don't know what the other person's thinking if sickness hits their body. You don't know where they're at, what they're doing. But notice the Word of God, by being in the Word of God, will transform your mind to think just like God would think. What do you think God would do if sickness started attacking him? You think he'd go down to the next place and, and get some medicine? I don't think he'd do that. You think he'd say, oh, devil, please stop? You think he'd say, well, I'm just getting sick again. I've been getting sick my whole life. No, well, he'd resist it, wouldn't he? He'd blow it off. He'd do it. Why is that? Because he's God, praise God. And apparently Jesus had God's mindset because he touched a leper. The natural world says you don't touch anybody who's got leprosy because you're going to get it for sure. Jesus walked right up and said, be free, and he was free. Why was that? A different way of thinking. Now, how many know the people that weren't thinking like that probably did not rejoice that he was acting like a fool according to them? See, it's a different way of thinking. We see people in church get excited and jump around and go crazy and be excited about God. And we think, oh, my God, what's the matter with these people in here? What's the matter with them is nothing. What's the matter with you is your mindset is not lined up to the kingdom of God and understands that they're worshiping and praising the Lord. See? I mean, how long did it take most of us just to lift our hands after we got saved? You know, it was like a process. It was... And one day you just went, I'm going for it. Is anybody looking? Anybody mad at me? See, I can remember when we used to do it, and, and we were still, you know, in a denomination, the Catholic Church, and we got born again, and we were going to revivals. We were on fire for God, and, you know, they have worship services, and you're always with everybody else. You're doing whatever. You just want everybody free and do whatever you want to do. And then we went back to the Catholic Church. We took our son one time, and they were playing a song that I really liked. And all at once, I don't know what came over me, but I lifted him up. And then I realized where I was, and I thought, I'm just going to keep him closed. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Well, what is it? Some people's mind is here. Some people's mind is here. Some people's mind is here. It's all over the place. Speaking in tongues, everything else, it's spiritual. Basically, if you're not accustomed to it, your mind hasn't been renewed to it, you're going to reject something like that and keep it from going. So your, your point is not to judge a person. 
Your point is to have your own relationship with God. And if you don't want to dance like that, then don't do it. But one day, you may, something may come upon you. I've seen people fall down in the spirit that said they would never fall down in the spirit. I've seen people that shook by the power of God said, God, is not even real. I've seen, I mean, praise God. Be careful. Be careful. You never know. You never know what might happen to anyone. Praise God. But what is it? It's our thought life, isn't it? So we want to raise our thought life. Well, I go to the Bible. I like to read the, the kingdom of God is like. And then get compared it to mine. You know, there's one in there that says the kingdom of God is like a banquet that's been prepared. Yet somebody couldn't come because of their ground. Some people couldn't come because of their wife. Some people could come before. They all had excuses for it. What's he telling you? You can have those excuses, but you're not going to come to the banquet unless you change your mind to a place where the banquet comes first and everything else comes second. The Bible says there was a guy who wanted to follow the kingdom of God and he wanted to do it. But first, let me go home and bury my father. Now, God's not against you burying your loved ones when they die, but they cannot be the first. Are you following? They're not the first thing that you do. So if you can put the kingdom of God first in everything you do in your life first, in other words, if I'm going here, I'm looking for an opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. If I go here, I'm looking for an opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. If I go here, then your job wouldn't be so boring. You wouldn't hate it so bad. See, my job was no more than a ministry. I was going from house to house to 600 people, knew all their names, everything, was praying for them, knew what to do with them. It was like a ministry. I wasn't just delivering letters, for God's sakes. Most of them didn't want them anyway. Most of them took them out of the mailbox, put them right in the trash can when trash day was there, and walked in the house. So that definitely wasn't my goal. No, my goal was to reach out and have an opportunity to meet this person and that person and their kids and this and that. And when you do that, it makes your job fun. Otherwise, you're going, oh, it's hot again today. Going to be in this stupid truck. It's going to be 200 degrees in here today. What well, do you think that's going to make it any cooler when you're talking about it? No. So every people come out every morning. Everybody say, how you doing? I said, praise God. That's another good day. Glory to God. I go, <laughs> we don't like that guy. That guy's crazy. No, I'm kingdom, praise God. And what did I do? Then I kept my peace and joy, didn't I? I could keep it. I could do it. When I go to play basketball, I'm looking to extend the kingdom of God. So if I shoot 20 times and miss 20 times, it's not very pleasant, but I was going there to extend the kingdom of God when I went there. I was going to talk to some young guy who wanted to talk. I was going to somebody who didn't have a dad. I had the opportunity to be a dad with him for a little bit. That way, basically, I had a good day whether I stunk or didn't. It didn't make any difference to me. I had a good day. So what's he saying? He's saying, put the word of God in there. Put that word on the inside of you. Let it change the way you think. Go through the Gospels. There's plenty of them. And just underline the kingdom of God is like. And look at each and every one. And how many know this is a progressive, slow growth thing that happens in your life? It just doesn't happen. You just don't read two kingdom of God things and all at once you've got the whole kingdom of God. You can study the kingdom of God from now for 500 years and you still wouldn't totally understand the kingdom of God because you'd have to totally understand God. And we can't do that with our little finite mind. All right, one more. Go to Psalm chapter 1. All right, Psalm 1, look at verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, 
But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his laws does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall do what? All right, so here now it's talking about blessed is the man. Now notice, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Notice what it doesn't say. Blessed is the man that's born again. Blessed is the man that's a Christian. Blessed is the pastor. No, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Say the law of the Lord. Now, if I don't know the law of the Lord, how am I going to keep the law of the Lord? See, that's why my people are destroyed because of, because you don't even know the law. Not only aren't you, and you might even think you're keeping the law, but if you haven't read the law, you don't know if you're keeping the law or not. If there's no speed limit up on a sign, you don't know if it's 20 mile an hour or 200 mile an hour. If there's no sign there, what has happened? There has to be something posted. This is our post. So we want to keep the law. We want to understand the law and we want to live by the law. And I'll tell you, if you get to a place where you're walking in the wrong way, getting the counsel from the wrong way, you'll end up sooner or later in the seat of the scornful. Say the scornful. scornful. Whenever you get in a judgmental, judging everybody, criticizing everybody, it's because you're in the wrong way. You're getting counsel from the wrong spirit realm. You're getting wrong ways of thinking. And basically, you're scornful. Now, notice what it says. His delight, how many know delight is a good word? I mean, if you delight in something, you will, you will do something. If, if you're delight in lunch, as soon as we're done here, you're going to be running out and going for lunch. There's going to be no problem. Nobody has to tell you to do it. And he says, meditate. Say meditate. meditate. Now, meditate is think upon. I'm going to think upon. If I read one of those and the kingdom of God is like, I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to apply it to my life to find out where I'm missing it in my life to line up with the way it's in that life so I can think more and more like him all the time. Now notice, if you do this, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his what? Fruit in his season. Well, when will I bring forth my fruit in season? Well, when I do verse 2. Delight in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. Then what I do? Produce fruit. What are we here for? We are here to produce fruit. That's what we're here for. Godly fruit, peace fruit, joy fruit, power fruit. All these fruits come out. Now notice what it says, and this is big here. Verse 3. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. So if you're starting to think and you're moving into kingdom thinking, even when you come into a bad situation, even when you come into a trial, even when you come into a dry time, how many know dry times come and go sometimes? Even when you do that, you're not going to lose any leaves. Here it says your leaves aren't going to wither up and fall off. There's a lot of Christians out there with just the branches anymore because they lost every leaf that they had. Because they didn't know what to do in this situation. Somebody screamed, they screamed. Somebody cussed them out, they cussed them out. Somebody got mad at them, so they hate their guts and always will. You're losing leaf after leaf after leaf after leaf when situations come. Here he says, if you're living kingdom-wise, you do not lose your leaves anymore. You can be by a river planted. And that's a continual river. Say continual river. Remember the scripture in John that says, uh, you will prosper and be in health even as your even as I act correctly, even as I try my best. No, as your soul or your thinking processes. So if I've got a problem with anything in my life, I don't want to change what I'm doing. I want to change what I'm thinking. 
And when I change what I'm thinking, then it'll be easy for me to change what I'm doing. That's why you cannot confess to be something and get free of it because you're convincing yourself you are it. I'm a smoker. I'm trying to get delivered. I've been a smoker now for 20 years, but I'm trying my best to get delivered. But I'm going to get delivered sometime. No, you're not going to get delivered sometime because you believe you're a smoker and any smoker thinks that they should smoke. Drinkers should. Druggies should. So I've got to change my mind, don't I? I've got to change my mind. I'm not a smoker, praise God. I don't smoke. I don't need smoke. I don't need nicotine. I don't need any of this stuff. That's, that's not what God told me. He's delivered me from that stuff and the power. and Set me free and I'm out of that kingdom anymore. I don't do that anymore. And as soon as your mind comes into a place where it connects with your spirit, bye-bye addiction. Amen. You'll never have that addiction again. As a matter of fact, next time somebody comes around with a drink or a smoke, you'll go, oh my gosh, what's the matter with you? And two days later, you were smoking two packs a day, praise God. What happened? The renewing of your mind came into focus. You saved your soul in that area, and you'll never have to deal with that again. Well, you just don't have to deal with it in alcohol and smoking and those things. You can deal with it in peace, joy, prosperity, power, victory, a winner, not a loser, no condemnation. You can bring your mind into that place to where you're living above, like in a bubble, above all the earthly things that are going on. Does that mean you'll never have any problems? Oh, no, you'll have plenty of problems. You don't have to pray for those. <laughs> They'll come. We're in, we're in a natural world. We're in a world that's corrupt. We're in a world that's all messed up. They're going to come, but you don't have to live there with them. Right. See, we want people who are living in revival every single day of their life. Glory to God. And by that, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to constantly be extending the kingdom of God. Sometimes your witness will be how you act in a situation. Yep. You know, this one's screaming, that one's screaming. Of course, you're using your best vocabulary of silence. Even though your mind's saying, give them a good piece of your mind, you know, I'm a kingdom person. I don't do that anymore. And they argue and they fight and then they ask your opinion. You can give them a little word or you can, I just love that person or, or whatever you need to do to break it. You see, we don't get involved in that stuff. And you can tell when it's there. My God. If you can't figure out strife by now, you're spiritually dead. I mean, you know when you get in a strife situation how you feel. You feel terrible. You feel like somebody ran over you with a truck or something. Well, you don't want to get in the middle of that kind of stuff. You want to stay out of that stuff. And that stuff will come against your mind all the time. That's why he says, cast all your cares and worries on me because I care for you. Many times, one of my favorite things is, you've got a problem, God. Somebody will come to me and say, oh, there's a problem here in the church. I say, no, God's got a problem in the church right now, praise God. And he needs to deal with it. See, you don't have to change the entire world. You can just change your own little section. And if everybody would change their own little section, we'd have much larger sections of people who are thinking kingdom thinking and walking in kingdom thinking. And this is the way it goes. What does the Bible say? It's like yeast. You put in dough. I mean, you know, it takes a while for that yeast to get through the whole dough. But once it gets through there, it fills the whole dough. Well, the kingdom of God's in here right now, and we're yeasting everybody, praise God. We're putting a little yeast in at a time, a little yeast here, a little different way of thinking. And people who got angry and, and lost their minds a bunch of times will basically see that it's better to live in peace and joy than what they've been going through for the last 40 years of their life. And you can be an example even by your conduct. So we need to change our thoughts. And when you change your thoughts, you'll change your ways. We'll change our thoughts to God thoughts, and then our ways will be... God ways. A little bit at a time. Say a little bit at a time. All right, jump up this morning. I 
And a lot of times, that's why that, you know, James talks about sometimes that self-pity spirit comes into your life because it wants you to claim yourself as no good, unworthy, nobody loves me, nobody cares, blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> if you talk that way, you're going to think that way. Nobody loves me. And the more you talk, the lower you're getting. We don't do that kind of stuff. We recognize that stuff. Unless God says you're unworthy, you're pitiful, you're no good, you're terrible, then you can't use that confession. You've got to use a confession that God gives you, praise God. Say, I am, I am. a righteous person. A righteous person. I choose, I choose to, to read, the read the Word of God, meditate the Word of God, word change, my thoughts, change my thoughts, and that will change my life. Change my I am blessed. I am, blessed. I am healed. I am, I am anointed. I am, I am victorious. I, am victorious. I, live, I live in peace, in, peace. In, joy, in joy, in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. I'm, always ready I'm always ready to extend His kingdom. Extend his kingdom. My radar's up because I'm a kingdom thinker. I'm extending thoughts to people, words to people, actions to people, power to people. And we are growing more and more citizens into the kingdom of God. Then they will have to change the way they think so they can change the way they act. And I am responsible to help them do that if I birth them into the kingdom of God. All right, give the Lord a hand clap.